Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, April 22nd, 2022, and this is day 1496 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and honor you and praise you, and thank you so much for waking us up to see this beautiful day that you created just for us, to hear the orchestra in the air with the birds singing and everything just doing what you created them to do. Help us, Father, to go forward and do what you created us to do as well. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is Confronting Hidden Fears. Confronting Hidden Fears. We have them many times, uh, and, it, and it can be, I'm talking about people that are out there doing the work of God, that are bold and courageous and strong. And, and then there's this certain something that's deep down that is triggered when something occurs uh, to reveal uh, what has been camouflaged in us for quite a while. We're going to be coming out of 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. We're talking about the Shunammite woman and her camouflaged fears. And this was a mighty woman of God. So let's learn a little bit more about her. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. It says, One day Elisha went to Shunam, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. You notice he doesn't call her by name. Her name is the Shunammite woman based upon where she's from. Kind of like we're from Kansas City. They would be, say the Kansas Cityan. Call the Kansas Cityan. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. We don't ever know her name, but we know that she is the Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, Tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. So basically, she didn't need the political collection or the uh, connection or the clout. She was all right, she's saying. Verse 14, what can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. 
No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Says, but the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. And also that is a sign of a true prophet when their words come to pass. So that happened. Um, and I noticed here, and I, I read, this is what we went over, excuse me, in our Wednesday night um, Bible study. Um, uh, life talk is what it what it is. But um, we were talking about this. So this she didn't have a son. She may have had girls, but it doesn't say, but she didn't have a son. And back then it was, you were considered cursed if you did not have a, a child. Uh, but in this case, she did not have a son and her husband was old. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? How they summed, summed up things. Gehazi said, well, this is what's going on with her. Her husband's old, may not be able to produce children. Uh, but having a son was really a blessing because that son uh, not only was he your loving child, but he also carried out the legacy of the family, uh, took care of the mother if something happened to the father. Um, okay, so verse 17. Uh, let's go down to verse 18. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. So she told her husband she was going to the man of God, but she did not say why. And he said, why now? What's up with that? But but she said, it's all right. She didn't even tell him that the son was dead. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. She was basically saying, hurry up. Time is of the essence. We need to get there quickly. When he saw her in a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's a Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you well? I mean, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Ah, now we see, right? Elisha said to Gehazi, Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on, my, on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. 
Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands as he stretched himself out on him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. God's perfect number, right? Number seven. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. And when she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. You notice what her hidden fear was? And you notice that even though she was being a blessing to the man of God, God blessed her, not only through raising her son back up, but exposing that hidden fear so that she could be totally free. God loves us that much that he wants us to be free from every single bondage that is holding us captive. And fear is the paramount, the root of, you know, most of the things that are holding us hostage because of fear. So let's look at a list uh, that that I've compiled here about uh, this, the character traits of this woman that many times when we see people like this, we would never think there was anything else going on that would, <clears throat> that was fearful in them. First of all, she was well-to-do. She was well-off. She had money. Uh, she was wealthy, but she was, she shared what she had. Second, she was kind and caring. She was discerning. She was hospitable. She was considerate and compassionate. She was bold. She was honorable. She took action. She didn't let any grass grow up under her feet, right? Like the old timers would say, which I am one of those now. <laughs> um, she was a giver. She was a leader. You notice how she went and she shared with her husband what she was about to do. She didn't say, I need you to go with me. He continued doing what she he was doing and she headed off. She she took uh, made sure to take servants and told them exactly what to do. She owned her home. She and her husband had their own home. She took charge. She did not wait and hesitate. She took charge of the situation. She loved her son and she was going to make sure that she did everything she could. You notice when uh, the servant came to her, when when Elisha sent the servant to her, um, she said, all is well. She knew she had to reach the man of God himself, the one that promised her the son. She was independent. Again, she went on her own along with her servants to go to the man of God. She remained calm through the storm of life. I don't know how I would be handling that at that moment, but she remained calm. All is well, she said, even to her husband. She did not let him know. So that lets me know that she had faith in the man of God, right? 
She had, well, that's the next one. She had faith in the man of God. So she knew if she got to him, you know, not the servant, uh, not her husband, but the man of God, she knew she got to him that there was hope that her son would come back to life. Um, she expressed her feelings and emotions. You notice that? She did not suppress them. And many times we might feel like if we're believers and we're righteous in Christ and we're doing what we're supposed to do. And righteous means we're in right standing with God, basically doing his will. That doesn't mean that we we don't show our emotions. It doesn't mean that we don't get angry. It doesn't mean that we don't get sad. Uh, we need to release it and let that out as she did. She held the man of God accountable. She didn't feel like, well, since he's, you know, a prophet, I can't go to him and say certain things. No, she let him know and she had him, held him accountable. She spoke true to the man of God. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? <laughs> I love this woman. I'm telling you, she was persistent and determined. No matter what, she was she was determined she was going to get to him. And even though Gehazi blocked, pretty much was blocking the, the man of God, you know, and she's like, no. And she grabbed onto him and the man of God said, no, leave her alone. She is in great bitter distress. She was grateful and appreciative. And I'm sure there's many more things that I may have left out, but, but you fill in the blanks, right? What fears, think about this, what fears did she exhibit or fear? And I believe <clears throat> it was the fear of being let down. She had possibly, how possibly had been let down before. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I know what that's like to be let down. Do you see yourself in this mighty woman of God? She was, you know, like any of you, man or woman, you're out there, you're doing good in the community. You're, you're being a mentor to others. You know, you're um, serving and doing whatever it is that you need to do in your church or outside of your church or it doesn't have to be church as normal, as usual, the way we used to think of church. You're out there doing the mission that God has called you to do. You're helping those that are in need. You're speaking truth. You're sharing the love of Jesus. You're doing all those things, right? But yet, there is this one thing. It could be a secret that's something that's held you hostage for a long time. Or it could be the fear of being let down or any other fear. Do you have any hidden, deep-rooted fears that need to that you need to release to the Lord? God is saying, I'm waiting on you. This is your day. Because he wants to raise you even higher. He wants to take you higher. But that one thing is holding you back, right? I'll never forget for me. I'll share with you. Some of the things that really uh, were deep-seated in me, so deep that I didn't even realize they were there until something happened. So one thing that happened was um, my husband and I, when after we had gone through a great struggle financially, we 
you know, filed bankruptcy, gave up our house. Um, we went through a three-year period of just struggling. <laughs> but God was humbling us deeper and deeper and preparing us for ministry. And um, yeah, he, he blessed us each and every day. We went without nothing, but we 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 weren't doing it the traditional way. We typically had money set aside. We went from, you know, making over $100,000 a year to barely making $20,000 a year. That's how drastically it dropped. Well, we had a car and it was a cash car We and it took a while. My husband had his truck, uh, but we went, I think I went a whole year without a car and borrowed uh, family members' cars and things like that. And, and we finally got like a cheap, you know, car that got us around, but it was, it was good. Yeah, I was grateful for that car, I'm telling you. And uh, the heat didn't work in the winter and, and I had a blanket over my lap and it's getting all foggy in the car. <laughs> I, I really appreciate those days though. Um, and... I remember we had an opportunity and our credit was shot. I'm just telling you, after that bankruptcy and all the other things, our credit score was horrible. And uh, so we, you know, things were getting a little better, bit better, bit by bit. And um, I remember we had an opportunity to go and get a car and we went to the dealership and we got an SUV and uh, they went through everything and they said, okay, even though the credit score is at this point, we can work with you. And, and uh, we're like, okay. And, and, and I hate, I hate going to buy a car. I, I don't like the way that they finagle back and forth. Let's just get to the point. Just tell me the real price and let's move on. So my husband loves doing it. He did an excellent job at it. I just let him do all that and say what kind of car I want. And he does his best to get that, you know? And uh, so he negotiated and, and they filled out paperwork and signed and, and, it, and I was there to sign papers. And they said, here's your vehicle, here's the keys. And, and we traded in our old little car. So we had that SUV for about a month. And then they called us and they said, we are gonna have to take the car back uh, there was a glitch. There was something we did wrong or you did wrong. I don't even think they admitted that they did anything wrong. And we had to give the vehicle back. We had to take our little old car back. It was horrific. <laughs> I I mean, it was just like this pit in my stomach. I, I was just so hurt. I was so angry because I felt like they did not do their job well. I felt like they let us down and there was really nothing we could do about it. You know, I didn't know who to go to or what to do. And we had to give it back. And um, and, and that was really crushing. Um, and, and it took me back. There were a couple of other things that happened <clears throat> in my life. Uh, you know, I'll share another one, uh, a job that I took that was a temp job. And uh, just before getting the job that I really wanted at the Center for Conflict Resolution, was there six months at the bank. And they promised me after 30 days, I would get a dollar raise. And the 30 days came and no dollar raise. I went to them and I said, hey, you know, this is my time is up, blah, blah, blah. And the, the, the manager that promised it to me, he said, well, I'm sorry, Jackie, there's a new person, my new boss, and they're saying I can't do it. I said, well, what difference does that make? This is what you promised me. And I went and talked to his new boss. She was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Oh, no, she was very, very oh, she had such a horrible attitude towards me. And I, I was so angry about that and so crushed. 
and I fought tooth and nail. You know, I'm persistent too. I'm not going to give up. I'm, I even took it to, you know, uh, EEOC and said, hey, you know, they worked the case. Said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. I'm like, what? So anyway, the Center for Conflict Resolution, after I completed my task there, they said, hey, are you ready? We've got enough funds to hire you now. And they gave me that dollar raise and then some. Uh, I'm so grateful for them. But um, one of the things that this went all the way back to what it triggered in me being let down was when my father, after my parents divorced, um, you know, and I was seven, the oldest of five. And the first couple of years after the divorce, my father would send us Christmas presents. Uh, he did not help us financially. He didn't pay child support or anything like that. And then after that, uh, maybe after that second year, we got nothing. Uh, whenever we could talk to him over the phone, he would say, oh, I'm going to send you this or I'm going to send you that. And yet nothing. He would let us down time and time again until a point where I built up a wall and I felt like I don't even trust him anymore. I don't believe anything he says. And that went on. I didn't even trust when I met my husband, I didn't trust him. Uh, it, you know, it just carried out throughout my life because of the letdowns I had encountered with my father. So when all these other things happened with the van and with the rays, it went deeper than that. And that's what God said. You need to give that to me and let that go and move forward. And I did. And when I finally did that, I was totally free. I was totally healed, just like that woman, the Shunammite woman. You know, I was doing the will of God. I was out there teaching and preaching and teaching youth and doing all those things. But yet there was that hidden fear that I didn't even realize was there until something happened to bring it to the surface. What about you? God is showing it to you right now. Whoever this is listening, God is saying, I love you so much that I want you to give me that. Give that to me. I didn't equip you to handle that, he said. He didn't equip us to carry that kind of weight. He said, cast your cares unto me, for I care for you. So let it go right now, today. Give it to God. Cry out to him. And he is going to give you peace. He is going to reward you greatly because that has been blocking certain other things that God is trying to do in your life. So trust him and give it to him. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the best thing you could ever do in your life because it determines where you will spend eternity with Jesus or in hell with Satan. It is your choice. Oh, I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. Men. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. 
check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to um, uh, our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And also check us out on tzonekc.org. Learn more about what we're doing in the community with our precious youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, and entrepreneurship development, and become a partner. Yeah, join in with us in whatever way God shows you to do so. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.